This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. We are in a series, the, the Power Fruit series. And so if you have your Bibles, open your Bibles to Galatians 5, uh, verses 22 and 23. And um, I'm talking to you about the fruit of the Spirit this morning. And you know, Jesus, this isn't in my notes, but Jesus said that he came that we, uh, that we should, uh, he called us into his kingdom. And the reason why he called us into his kingdom, yes, is for fellowship, it's for a relationship. Um, but it's more than that, it's for us to, uh, why we're down here is to bear fruit. Jesus said, I came that you may bear good fruit. And God wants us bearing fruit. And some people think about that bearing fruit as winning people into the kingdom of God that's bearing fruit and I guess you could say it that way but really um, uh, God wants us bearing fruit in our life in other words walking in the fruit of the spirit um, walking like Jesus amen Amen. look at your neighbor and say walk like Jesus amen in other words you need to be mistaken for Jesus (laughs) when somebody meets you they they should mistaken you as okay we'll continue Amen. In other words, they, they should see the glory on you, the, the, the love of God on you, that they, they think they're talking to Jesus. Amen. I know that there's only one Jesus, but, uh, but, but Christ, uh, his, his anointing is on us. Amen. We're Christians or Christians. Amen. Uh, we're the anointed ones. And so we are representing heaven. And when we represent heaven, um, we should stand out. I don't want to say stand out like a Thor's thumb, but that doesn't sound like a good analogy. But we should stand out, hallelujah, in a good way. A sore thumb is probably not a good way, amen? So, amen, you guys are tracking with me, amen? So, so let's look at Galatians 5, 22 and 23. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's a long list, Pastor. I know we got some, we got some weeks ahead of us to, to go into this. but and, and I love what Paul says here. He said, and against such there is no law. I love that. So what Paul is saying is, when we, because he's contrasting the fruit of the Spirit and the works of the flesh. If you study out the book of Galatians and if you do a thorough study on this and He's saying that if we walk in the Spirit of God, if we walk in the fruit of the Spirit, we're not under the law. Amen? We're under full throttle grace. And how many people want to be under full throttle grace in the room today? Amen? I I don't know about you, but I want grace to be abounding in my life. And for grace to abound in our life, the number one key, number one fruit that we need to be walking in is walking in the love of God. Thank you for that one. Amen. Amen. We need to be walking in the love of God. And we know, and you know, the Bible says that in the end days that people's love is going to grow cold. So we know that. And we know that people are going to be selfish and, and, and people are going to be more self-focused. And they're going to be, you know, more concerned about self than, than being a blessing to others. And so we need to be more concerned and this is not an easy thing to do, but be more concerned about others than ourselves. Amen. 
Oh man, Pastor, you have to go there this morning. Yeah, I'm going to have to go there this morning. Amen. In other words, we got to get out of that baby stage. Did I say that? In other words, that baby stage is all about me, right? So it's all about me, but we got to come out of that baby stage and start growing and maturing in Christ. And this is what this series is all about. So last week we talked about love. Amen. And uh, there was another famous song that was written. What, what does love got to do with it? Right. And um, does anybody know who, who uh, sang that song? Tina Turner. <laughs> What's love got to do, got to do with it? <laughs> What's love but a secondhand emotion? <laughs> Who needs a heart when a heart can be broken, right? And we know that T- Tina Turner went through a lot of turmoil in her relationship, right? She, she was married to somebody that was not too nice of a person. And uh, she went through a lot of turmoil. And uh, unfortunately, with love, there is going to be turmoil attached to love at times. Is, is that right? In other words, there's not going to always be good days. That's right. There's going to be challenging days. Uh, there's going to be challenging days with your walk with the Lord. Amen. There's going to be challenging days. There's going to be days where, you know, that you are upset with circumstances and situations and you're wondering why things are going the way they're going and, 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 and you're wondering why things are, are happening that's not right. And, you know, there's going to be days like that and you're going to question God's love for you. And we got to get a revelation, like I ministered last week, that God is head over heels in love with you. Amen. I, I think I think there's reindeer on the ceiling, but anyway, uh, I hear some bells. But uh, uh, but God say God loves me, Amen. And He loves you um, in spite of yourself. He loves you in spite of your weaknesses. He are you listening to what I'm saying? To you? He loves you in spite of of of. You know, those things that you do that sometimes don't please him. He still loves you. He knew what he was getting when he got you into the kingdom. And he's not giving up on you. I'm going to say it again. God is not giving up on you. How many people are, are, are struggling in their... No, we won't go there. So let's, let's talk about God. God's greatest attribute in his love, I believe, is this, is his mercy. God's greatest, one of his greatest attributes of his love is his mercy. And so you always find that God, you see, God is a merciful God. Amen. And, and it says here, Deuteronomy 7, 9, Therefore know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commands. Amen. So God is very merciful to those that love him and keep his commands. Psalms 86, 15 says, but you, O Lord, are a God full of compassion and gracious, long suffering and abundant in mercy and truth. This is God's character. He's 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 a compassionate God. He's a gracious God. He's, he's a patient God. He, he's, he, he's so patient with us. Amen. I'm so glad because I, I don't think I would be here today if, 
if it wasn't for God's long suffering with me. Amen. And, uh, and see, see, that's God's character, that he's merciful, and God wants us to be the same way. Amen. Amen. Uh, that bygones be bygones. Amen. Uh, you know, uh, bury the hatchet. <laughs> In other words, let things go. Amen. You know, be merciful. Yes. Don't let, don't allow, don't let allow people to control your attitude. Don't allow, allow circumstances to control, you know, uh, how you respond. In, in Psalms 145, 8, 9, the Lord is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. So, 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 so God's merciful. He's loving He's kind. And I love the scripture it says that in the Old Testament that his mercies are renewed every morning. Yes. I love that. Because uh, what I'm saying, yesterday, maybe you did some wrong things yesterday. Maybe you did some wrong things last week. But every day can be a brand new day in God. Amen. Every day can be a fresh start with God. Do you believe that today? Yes. So every day his mercies are renewed every morning. Yes. Amen. And so as we as we think about that, that that God, I really believe that God set this up, you know, that our days and weeks and months, you know, time that that every day is like a fresh day. Amen. So it so it doesn't matter what happened yesterday. We keep believing that God is with us. We check ourselves, make sure that we're walking in faith, make sure that we're walking in obedience and we keep moving forward in God. So today I want to talk to you about the joy of the Lord. Amen. Uh, joy begins. I'm going to say this. Joy begins with a thankful heart. Amen. Boy, it's quiet in here today. Joy begins with a thankful heart. Yes. You know, I, um, I do a lot of studying of, uh, well, not a lot, but I, I, I've studied famous people and, uh, and I always like watching motivational videos. Anybody into motivation in here? And uh, I, I love watching like YouTube videos and things where people came out of dark places and you know came into good places. You know, uh, that's probably why I like the movie Rocky because you know you know Balboa. You know the the, the he was you know he he was kind of a wash up. You know uh, uh, he was kind of a burnout. He he didn't really have too much going for him. And then you know he fought the, the, the fight, and he just wanted to go the distance, right? Amen. And so, and he got his name in lights, amen? amen. And, so, and so he fought through the fight, and, and this life is a lot, is fighting through the fight, especially fighting through the attitude test. Are we going to keep our attitude right when, when the chips are down? Are we going to stay positive when things aren't seemingly working? Don't get bitter, get better. See, some people are walking in bitterness. We've got to get out of that bitterness. Some people are walking in regret of the past. We've got to get out of that because every day is a new day. We've got to let the past go. We've got to keep moving forward. We can't, you can't undo yesterday, but you can move forward in today. You can't undo the wrong that you did yesterday, but you can start doing some right today. Boy, I'm talking today. Amen. 
So let's talk about joy. And, and it begins with a thankful heart. Philippians 1, 3, and 6. Let's look at this. This is Paul. And he says here, uh, he starts off with, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident in this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So we see here that Paul here, he, he's, he's, he's telling the Philippians, the, the Philippian church that he raised up, he, he's, he's saying, I'm thanking you know, he's writing a letter to the, Flip, uh, the Philippian church. He's saying, I- I'm thanking my God for you. I'm thanking God for, 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 for the relationship that we have. My, qu- my, my, my question to you, are you thankful for the, re- the good relationships, let's put it that way, <laughs> that you have? Are you thankful for your family? Are you thankful for um, your boss? Saying, well, Pastor, you don't know my boss. Are you? Yeah, but are you thankful are you thankful that at least you're working, right? Are, are, are you thankful for uh, just the little things? Are you, are you thankful? Um, are you thinking about the good things? Or are you thinking about what you don't have? You know, I, you know, we all have challenges in our families. Don't we? We all have challenges in our families. And, but, you know, we got to be thankful for the little things, thankful, maybe everything isn't working in our families, but be thankful for what is working. Amen. You know, I mean, I, you know, we're, we work through challenges in my, my family and, you know, I have a special needs child, Christian, everybody knows Christian. And, you know, I mean, he's just, man, he, he as long as he's on the iPad, on the iPad and he has his little game, he's doing that chicken. Woo! Woo! And, I'm t- <laughs> and I could be, I could be you know, kind of down and depressed, but he's like, woo, woo, you know, on his iPad. Thank God for the iPad. <laughs> it's the best babysitter. <laughs> and, I, you know, and he says so happy and all that. I'm praying that he's coming out of, you know, his special needs. Amen. But in the process, he still can, makes me happy some, in his special needs. In other words, you know, I can see the grace of God. In his special needs. Are you hear what I say today? And just because some things are not easy doesn't mean they have to bring you down. You know, and so and so we just we have to we have to look at the positive things in our relationships and not the negative things. Unfortunately, we tend to most people tend to focus on the negative. Isn't that right? You go to dinner and if they're running a little behind and getting, the, getting your entree out, you know. If the food's a little cold, you know. If they didn't fill up your water glass, you know. <laughs> like, where is it? Where's... You know what I'm saying? Is that right? I mean, we are, we're always critiquing. We're always evaluating. We're always measuring up. Is, is this measuring up? You know, to my, listen. You're going to be a much happier person if you don't expect much. <laughs> In other words, start off, they don't expect a lot of things. And then when something good happens, they praise the Lord. In other words, put your expectation a little lower 
And then God, that, because what, what, is, what, what is sadness or what, is, what, what happens when we lose our joy is because our expectations aren't met. Is that right? Our expectations. We, we expect it more. We expected service on time. We expect, we expect, and it didn't go through, you know. And so because we don't have the expectations fulfilled, sometimes it, it makes us sad. Hello. And so, but what we have to do is we have to back up, amen, and reevaluate and refocus and get thankful. This morning, um, you know, I print up my sermons every morning. And, and so this morning I was trying to print it up uh, at, at the house. And, I, man, it wasn't working. <laughs> it wouldn't print for me. And I'm like, praise the Lord. I'm running, I'm running, I'm always running tight on time. And so I'm doing everything. I'm trying to figure out, I said, that's okay. Thank God I had a backup. I have my printer in the office that you set up so that I could, just in case, for that occasion, I came in today and said, Yin, can you print my sermon up? No problem. (laughs) It was printed up. Thank God. And Steve, you got it back there, right? Yeah, Steve has his copy too. Amen? And and what am I saying? It's good to... um, to start, you, you work through challenges, and when you work through these challenges, you can learn how to uh, navigate through, because listen, we're not in heaven yet. Amen. And so we're going to be challenged every day. There's going to be, we're not, we're, it's, it's, it's not perfect down here. And you got to prepare for that. Sometimes, you know, um, I will prepare ahead of time. What if I go to the store and, they, and my item that I'm looking for is out? I will try to think about that before. And then I try to set myself up to not be upset. <laughs> Have you ever done that before? What if I can't get there and get my chocolate milk that I love so much? What if? Well, what if? Get something different. Amen. Start setting up. What if the Sunday morning service isn't as good as she thought it was going to be? <laughs> In other words, you can make anything, God can turn anything bad into something good. God can turn what may be evil into something good. Do you believe that today? Whatever the enemy means for evil, the Bible says, God can turn for good. So we got to keep our attitude uh, with a, you know, we got to stay thankful and keep our attitude um, with a gratitude of thankfulness. Amen. So the the key to maintaining our joy is to be thankful no matter what is happening. When Paul was in prison in Rome, he was able to maintain his good attitude in spite of his circumstances. Paul wasn't just operating in happiness. You see, the world is, is based on, and the way the world lives their lives, the world is designed on happiness. Happiness is based on what is happening. In other words, your circumstances. So if your circumstances are good, then you're happy. If, you're, if the stock market's up, you're good. If the stock market's down, you're sad. No, if the stock market's down, you just buy more. <laughs> You're buying at a discount. 
My investments just went down. No, just put some more money in because it's going to go back up. Are you hearing what I say? It's all on how you think about it. It's all on how you think about what's ha- It's not what's happening to you. It's what's happening in you that makes the difference. What's happening on the inside of us when, th- when, when the stock market's down, per se, or when, 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 when it's raining outside. This whole week, it was like, it was like I, I, I said to, I said to my, my, uh, my daughter, Christina, I said, I know God promised he wasn't going to flood the earth again. It was raining a lot this week. I wonder if he forgot that promise, you know. I said, he didn't forget that promise. He, he's not going to flood out the earth, but it felt like it, huh? Felt like God's forgetting his promise. Don't you ever, when you're walking with the Lord, it's like, God, don't you remember your promise to prosper me? How come I'm sucking when? You know? Well, maybe if you start tithing, you would start prospering. Okay, we'll continue. Ping! Give me a drummer in here, amen? Pastor, do you have to talk about tithing now? No, I don't have to talk about it. But it is a segue to see the blessings of God in your life. Whenever you put the kingdom first, put the kingdom first place, you'll see God's blessings in your life, amen? I won't charge you for that. We'll continue. So Paul was able to maintain his joy, and joy is not just happiness, and happiness is based on circumstances, and circumstances is basically the circle you stand in. So what is circumstances? It's what a circle of influence or what you're, you're focused on. So, so you can, what, what are you, some, you may ask somebody, how are you doing? And they say, well, under the circumstances. Well, what are you doing under the circumstances? Amen. In other words, you're the head and not the tail. You're the lender and not the borrower. You're blessing the city and the field. You, you, you can take charge of your day. You can command angels. Thank you for those two amens. I can command angels. You can command angels. You got authority. You got power. I mean, sometimes we act like we're helpless. No, we're king's kids. We're ambassadors. Amen. We can control our circumstances. We can speak to the storms. Amen. So, so we can't uh, allow uh, the weather to keep us down. We can't allow anything to get us down. Don't allow these circumstances to determine your joy. I love that song. Uh, that, that joy that the world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away. Remember that song? This joy that I have. <laughs> the world didn't give it to me. <laughs> and the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. Is that right? Boy, pastor, you need to get on that worship team. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I'll tell you, if you start, start singing a little bit more, you might have some joy in your life. Stop singing the blues, all right? <laughs> Amen. So, 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 so joy is not dependent on our circumstances. Joy is dependent on an inward knowing that God is with you and God is for you and God will never leave you and he will never forsake you. Amen. Amen. That's, that's what joy is, dependent on an inward knowing. Amen? I like what it says in 2 Corinthians. And Paul went through a lot of stuff. We think we, we've been through some stuff here. I'm telling you, we haven't been moved to, to North Korea. 
Now you might, you might go through some stuff as a Christian. Go to China, you know, where they got the underground church. You might go some, but we're in America. We're, we, we got it easy. We don't realize how easy we have it. Glory to God. And then we could be living in California. <laughs> Thank God we're not in California. Thank God we don't have that governor over us. Amen? Locking down all the churches and trying to control everybody, but opening up all the bars and, the, and all that, you know. Thank God. It could be a lot worse. Amen. Thank God. I, I, man, Amen. So let's look at this because Paul talks a little bit about his life. And, he, and you know, he's, Paul, is, you could say he's, he's given his war stories. Does anybody have any war stories in here? Do you know what I mean by war stories? Man, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know the person I'm with. You don't know how my boss been treating me. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? The war stories. You know, you get together and you talk about the war stories. You don't know how ba- bad my back is hurting. You don't know how bad my knee is. The war stories. They don't, and you like to one it up. You don't know how much money I lost in the stock market. No, I lost a lot more. You, war stories. So, so Paul here, he's going to talk about his war stories. And he says here uh, in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty three and 27. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak of a fool. I am more. And Paul is kind of comparing himself to the other apostles in a sense. He's revealing that he is a true apostle, even though that he wasn't an apostle of the Lamb. An apostle of the Lamb means that there were 12 guys that walked with Jesus all through his ministry, right? These were the apostles of the Lamb. But Paul was an apostle that was called out by God, but he was a, a great apostle. He wasn't an apostle of the Lamb, but he was one of the greatest apostles ever raised up by the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And it says here, uh, uh, he says here, I am more in labors, more abundant in stripes and measure, in prisons more frequently, in deaths often, in deaths often. That's pretty interesting that Paul would say, man, you know, um, I was almost killed for the gospel. You know, they, they actually, there was one account where they stoned Paul and, they, and basically it, it looked like he was dead. And then God raised him back up. I mean, he walked away from a stoning. Amen. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. So five times he was, he was whipped. Think about this. Um, three times I was beaten with rods. But I think he was taking notes. <laughs> you know? I was stoned three times. I was shipwrecked at night and a day. I've been in deep in the journey, often in perils of water. Perils of robbers, and perils of my own countrymen, and perils of the Gentiles, and perils in the city, and perils of the wilderness, and perils in the sea, and perils among false brethren, and, and weariness, and toil, and sleeplessness, often in hunger, thirsting, and fastings, often in cold and nakedness. So what, what is Paul saying? Paul's saying even though he went through all these things, uh, he doesn't have to have those things define his attitude. Uh, you know, I was watching, you know, I like motivational videos. And sometimes I, I, I'm, I'm on, YouTube, I'm on uh, Facebook and then they have these motivational things that come up on my feed. Does anybody ever watch these motivational things? Gold Coast or something. And, and they do these. Motiv- there, there's one girl, she um, was abducted from her house. And I'm not too sure if she was 12 or 13 years of age. 
And the guy came into her room with a knife. Now, she was sleeping with her uh, sister. And so he came into the house and he took her by knife point and took her out and walked her through the woods and went all the way through. You know, she said it felt like it was miles and it probably was. And this guy lived in, in the woods and he had a makeshift, you know, house in the woods. And when she walked up, there, there was this lady that was there. And uh, this lady was wearing like a white outfit, like a, um, and, and gave her a hug. And then, of course, then he brought her into the tent that he was in. And then, then he said some marriage vows and he had her, his way with her. And then he chained her uh, inside the, the tent. And she, was, and she was thinking, how did I get here, you know? And she, and she started focusing, and now she, let me just fast forward this. She made it out. She made it out. And she's a beautiful lady right now that, 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 that goes on tour speaking about her experience and how, and she, she, she is a public speaker now talking about how your past doesn't have to define your future. So, 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 so fast forward it. And, and how was she able, and she, I don't know, it, it was like six months or, uh, or maybe eight months she was with this guy. She was chained up. And then, then one day, let me just tell you how she got out of it. One day he was out there, and they were looking for this girl for, for months and months and months. The father never gave up. And, um, and so the guy, his, his wife, and that girl was out, and they were wearing, you know, you know like an out, she was wearing a wig and, you know, it, you know, like a weird outfits and, 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 and the police came and, uh, and started questioning them because they were still looking for this girl. And, and that, and that policeman started questioning the, the, the little girl, but he could tell that she was, you know, she was in fear because she wasn't too sure if they would, if that guy would come back and kill her family or whatever. And when you're, when you're captured, so you're in fear to your the, the per- person that captures you, and sometimes you you have this weird relationship, and so uh, so. But as the police officer started, you know, questioning, she he could see that her heart was really beating really fast, and and, and that she and so he talked to the other police officer. He said, "We need to get her away because I think that this is the girl that was missing." Think about this, and she was able to get this girl away, and she, and, he, and he said, "You know, your dad loves you." You know, your parents are looking for you. And he felt like it was that girl, but he was saying, and she busted out and she said, that's me, that's me. And she was rescued. And that's what God wants to do. He, he, he knows your plight. He knows your circumstance. He knows what you're in, but he's never, he never stops working to rescue us. And she was rescued. And she said, and they said, how did you maintain? Because, you know, you're out speaking about your circumstance, most people would be in a house and be full of fear. And she said, you know, I just kept focused on the love of my family. You know, I, I, I was in a bad situation, but I kept focused on the love of my mom, the love of my dad, my family, that I would somehow see them again. And I'm going to say this, that no matter what plight that you might be in, no, no matter what circumstance might be coming against you, as long as you focus on the love of the Father, as long as you focus on the love of your family, as long as you focus on the people that are standing with you, Amen. Thank you, Jesus. you, you I'm telling you, you will never go down. 
And I think about that story of that, of that she's a lady now, and ministering that, that, your, that your circumstances doesn't have to define who you are. Your circumstances, what happens to you, uh, is it, not a telltale sign of who you are. You're not what happened to you. You're a child of the Most High God. And I think Paul was, was getting to understand that, that, that his life wasn't just about his misery. Amen. His life wasn't just about just going through one problem after another problem after another problem. Second Corinthians 4, 16, 18. Paul says it this way. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. Yet the inward man is being renewed. Day by day for our light affliction. Notice he says, but our light affliction, affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Why we do not look at the things which are seen, but are the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So, so Paul is getting a revelation here. That, that we don't need to be focusing on the outward all the time. We don't need to be focusing on, on the uh, circumstances of life. We don't need to be focusing on that. That should not be dictating the joy in our life. Amen. We, we, we need to understand that God is working something out in the process of the pain in our life. God is working out. There's, there's proven character being worked out in the pains of our life. Do you believe that today? So, so we got to get a revelation of that. And, and so, so joy is based on the knowledge that God is with us and he's for us. And again, he will never leave us or forsake us. Now, God will bring us out of any problem, either through a natural way or a supernatural way. Do you believe that? God can do a supernatural miracle or he can bring you through a miracle in a natural way. I remember uh, my, my mom, and this was a few years ago, and um, when I just became the new pastor of the church, and we were in a building similar to this, and so when, I, uh, so when the pastor passed the baton to me, um, I started changing things. Amen? Now, now, now I'm in charge. And so I was, uh, we painted the sanctuary, and uh, we had curtains similar to uh, this uh, on the stage. And my mom was on the stage arranging the curtains. And she was, she was helping out in the church. Thank God for good support people. Amen. Amen. And uh, she was helping. And she, she, was, she, was so, she was so into arranging the curtains, she went right off the stage. <laughs> and she fell off the stage. Oh. Because she was like, dun, 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 boom, you know. And she fell off the stage and she hit the, and she felt it in herself that she shouldn't move. And so, of course, my dad was there and my, and uh, I think this was during the week. And so uh, my dad said, are you all right? She said, I don't think I should move. And he ended up taking her to the hospital and we found out she broke her hip. And, but what was the interesting thing about this, we were praying for a miracle. And and when she heard, and I remember she saying, "Uh, David, of course. We need to pray for a miracle that, that God will supernaturally heal my hip because nobody wants to go through surgery, Amen. right? But we pray for a miracle, but, but the miracle that, that she got wasn't the fact that God gave her a miraculous healing, which would have been awesome. Amen. But, she, but, but the doctors, she did go through the surgery 
And, but she experienced no pain. The miracle of no pain. And even when the doctor said, are you feeling pain? She said, no. And the doctor said, you don't need to be a martyr. You don't need to be a martyr now. Be honest. You feeling some pain, aren't you? You need to get some medicine. You know, she said, no, I don't have any pain, doctor. I, I don't have any pain. And she, he's like, he's looking at her like, you liar, you know, <laughs> being a martyr. And uh, dude, those Christians, you know, and don't, they always want to believe something that's not for real, right? And uh, people believe that, right? And, uh, and so, but she experienced no pain. She went through the process of being healed, but, but God brought her through a different way. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? She, we didn't, sometimes we don't get it the way we want it. I wish we got it the way we want it all the time. But we would probably be big babies. Right? If we got it every time we wanted it, boy, I would have to get some pacifiers when you guys come in. Because you guys would be getting it all the time the way you want it. But it, sometimes we don't get it all the time the way we want it. <laughs> I have Arlene said, most of the time, Pastor, my Lord Jesus, talk to me. Amen. So sometimes we don't get it all the time the way we want it. But I'm telling you, when God gives it to us, we're going to be really appreciative. Amen. You know, I, you know I, we, I'm in, we're in this building, and I'm so thankful for this building. Amen? Amen? Because I remember what it was like to be in the movie theater. And I remember what it was like to be in a building that was controlled by another ministry. Amen. And I know, I remember what it used to be like that, that when they started closing off rooms and shutting down stuff and being in control, uh, under control of, of another ministry. And I know it wasn't God's best. And, I, and I, I, you know, I'm always a big thinker. I'm always thinking big. And when I came in here, I said, well, this place, you know, I got excited, but I said, it's a little smaller than I want, but at least it's mine. At least it's ours. At least if we want to do seven uh, services a week, we can do it. And, you know, and, and, and every time I come in here, in other words, the enemy would say, well, it's a little small. The devil will start talking to you. It's a little. And I would say, shut up, devil. At least it's mine. And the Bible says, do not despise small beginnings. In other words, if, you know, the Bible actually says that, that if you're, a, if you're um, faithful in the least, you'll be faithful in much. So how are you handling the least that you... I'm preaching today. How are you handling the little funds that are coming into your hands? How you're you're handling the the car that might be the two-tone car, rust and gray? Are you still cleaning it once a week? Are you still are you still treating it good? Are you still giving it oil changes? Are are you still thanking God for that car? It may not be the best car. It may start every other day, but are you thankful for it? Are you taking care of just the the or, or are you treating it like it's nothing? Like oh, it's just you know, no no. Be thankful for what you got. Be thankful for the small things. Be thankful for, for what God has given you. And then he can expand it. But if you're not thankful for what you have right now, why should God give? Mm. Mm. Maybe God is waiting for us just to get thankful. Maybe God is waiting before he's ready to, to, to really reveal the enchilada, you know, of, of the, 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 the blessing. Maybe he's waiting for you to get thankful for where you're at right now. Ooh, pastor, you're preaching today. 
So in 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 18, Paul exhorts us. He says, therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. So, so he's saying here that, that we should not lose heart. And I know I just read that earlier, but what he's saying is, uh, in Galatians, it actually says, don't give up in doing good. Amen. Don't give up in doing the right things. Don't give up in going to church. Don't give up in reading your Bible. Don't give up in praying just because you haven't seen your prayers answered yet. Don't give up in reading the Bible just because you can't, don't understand everything in it yet. Don't give up in praising the Lord. Amen. Even though you don't feel his presence at times. In other words, keep doing it and you will finally see some results. Amen. So, so we need to understand that, that, that healing may come through a natural process or it may come through a supernatural process. Either way, it's going to be good. Amen. Why? Why is that? Because my mom can, can empathize now with somebody that goes through it. So my mom can give a lot more mercy and grace to those that are going to the hospital, those that are going through issues. And she has a place now where she may not have had before. And whatever we go through, it brings us into a place that we, a perspective that may help us to help other people. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? In other words, you are in training. Say, I'm in training. In other words, God is training you. He's preparing you for great things. And, he pre- and unfortunately, we're prepared more, more through the valleys, the valleys of life, the deserts of life, than the mountaintops. We are prepared more in the valleys. We are prepared more in the air. In other words, we, man, you get used to living in a desert, man. You, then you can live anywhere. Some of you say, well, my home's a desert right now, Pastor. (laughs) Yeah, but it can be an oasis. Start putting some worship in that house. Start praising God. Kick those devils out. Amen. Amen. And so Philippians 4, 11, 13. Now that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state that I am, Philippians 4, 11, 13, to be content. I know how to be a base and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I have learned, both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and suffer need, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So that, remember last week I told you that we use that scripture a lot of times to be able to do our own will. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Pastor. But, but this, he's saying here that, that you can survive anything through God who strengthens you. In other words, anything that the devil throws at you, you can make it. Why? Because you can do all things. You can endure all things through Christ who strengthens you. Stop blaming your circumstances for where you're at. Stop blaming people for where you're at. Stop blaming, uh, you know, your past for where you're at. No, no, no. Start taking some responsibility. Oh, pastor. Are you asking me to take responsibility? Yeah, start taking, resp- start take, start taking responsibility for your life today. That's right. Amen. Amen. You can change where you're at. 
You don't have to be the same. You can be a joyful person. No, that's not my personality, Pastor. I'm Irish. You know, we're always mad fighting Irish. Amen. And so that's just my personality. I'm, I'm Hispanic, so I'm hot-blooded. That's just the way it is. I, we get upset over anything. No, you're a new creation in Christ. Stop identifying with your ethnicity and start identifying with your new nature. I'm a new creation in Christ. Your ethnicity has nothing to do with your personality. Yes, it does, Pastor. It has a lot to do with it. No, it doesn't. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? No, no, no. You're new creations in Christ. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. You're a new creature in Christ. There's neither Jew or Greek, male or female. You know, we're all one in Christ. Isn't that what Paul says? In other words, put that stuff away because the enemy will use that to come against you. Well, I'm of this and this is he. That means that that's why life is bad because people treat me bad. People are going to treat you bad anyway. (laughs) Doesn't matter who you are. (laughs) Amen. We're all going to have to fight through this life. Some have to fight harder than others, but you become stronger. If what doesn't kill you, what does that old saying goes? Makes you stronger, right? Amen. Glory to God. I don't know if that's Bible or not, but sounds good for the sermon tonight, this morning. So Philippians, Deuteronomy, look at this. This is really good. I'm trying to close down right now. Deuteronomy 30 says this. I call heaven and earth to witness today against you. Notice it says against you. I'd rather it say for you. That I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. That you may love the Lord your God. That you may obey his voice. That you may cling to him. For he is your life and the length of your days. That you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers Abraham and Isaac and Jacob to give them. So, so, so here in Deuteronomy... Uh, the Lord is saying to each one of us to choose this day how we're going to live it. Choose this day. Are we going to have an attitude in this day? Are we going to be bitter in this day? Are we going to be regretful in this day? Or are we going to be jubilant? Are we going to be joyful? Are we going to be thankful? You choose this day. You choose this day how you're going to respond to the circumstances, the situations in this life. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? You choose. And I'm going to choose life. I'm going to, you know, man, I got to close this thing down. But you know, the Bible says that, that it's the wicked person that curses comes out of the wicked person's mouth. Curses. And, and you may say, well, what, well, what is it? What do you mean? You, you mean blasphemy against God? Well, that's part of it. Do you mean like like dropping four letter words? Well, that's part of it. But it's it, cursing is is speaking negative for a Christian. For us to be cursing is basically us speaking negative of our circumstances. It's for us to be telling God, look, God, look at what's going on. Look at this and look at that and look at this. And really, it, it, that's in a sense, that's cursing. I remember, I remember this reading this one book about this one evangelist, and nothing was happening too much in his life. He would go to, he would try to have revival services, and things really wasn't working out. And 
And so he was praying. He said, God, you know, I've been trying to do this evangelism thing, trying to stir up the church, and I can't even get stirred up. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And he started praying, and, and the Lord said, you know, uh, gave him a scripture, your words are stout towards me. And he said, what, Lord? He said, and, and the Lord said, you've been praying, but, you, but, but your words are stout towards me. And he said, what do you mean? And the Lord said, what you're doing is you're just giving me a complaint list. I can't do anything with a complaint list. God was telling him, and he said, you need, you need to start changing your attitude in your ministry, and you need to start getting happy, and you need to start praising me for what you got. And he, and he said, okay. And so he started changing everything. You know, at that time, his wife was dealing with, with, with physical issues. He was under attack. You know, his wife was under attack physically. He was in financial deficit. Things didn't look good. Amen. And so he started changing. He started worshiping God. He started praising God in the morning, praising God in the noontime, praising God in the evening. He started changing the way he spoke. Instead of speaking about what can't be done, he started speaking about what could be done. He started thanking God. And all of a sudden, God took him from being somebody that, that was really that nobody ever knew about to him writing books and, and being a very successful minister. And uh, I, believe it was, I believe it was Don Gossip. And, and, and he became of this positive preacher. And he wrote, and he wrote uh, confessions, how I will never say this. And I will ne- Anybody ever heard of Don, Don Gossip? And, and, and he wrote these things out and he said, I will never be, I will never be negative. I will never be this. I'll, why, why was he? Do, and then he, he was doing this because he needed it for himself. Then he wrote a book on it. And he started helping people that had bad attitudes. And then I'm telling you, if you change your attitude, you'll change your life. Amen. If you change the way you look at things, you'll change your life. I'm telling you, God is preparing us for glory. God's preparing you for some awesome. You may say, you may say, but God is putting me through a lot of stuff. That means you got a bigger ministry. The more stuff, the greater the blessing. Are you hearing what I say? Well, you don't know. Well, maybe God has something great for you then. I mean, I think about Joyce Meyer and I think about how she was married, you know, one time and, and she was married to this guy that was really bad. And he, he they were in, on the highway and he pulled over on the highway and kicked her out of the car on the middle of the highway. <laughs> Get out. She's walking down the middle of the highway, you know, without you know, her husband just went down the highway. Right. And you think you got a bad one. Did she, he ever kick you out in the middle? And she ended up getting a divorce from this guy. And then she ended up marrying Dave, right? And, and, got, and, got, and she was, you know, abused by her father, uh, you know, was sexually abused by her father. And she really, you know, for many years had a bad, bad outlook on life. Can you blame her? <laughs> but you know what? She didn't let that define her. And Joyce Myers ended up getting in the word of God. And the word of God healed her and got to a point where she walked in such love towards her father that abused her sexually that he that she actually bought him a house because she's such a successful minister. You know, um, God had blessed her so much that she had enough finance to come in because she she's written over 100 books. Amen. Main, you know that the finance may came in just from her book royalties. 
Some of you say, well, all that money she gets from her conferences. Well, don't, don't judge people because they have money. Maybe, maybe they deserve some money. Maybe they deserve some blessing in this life. Maybe God's repaying her back for all the hell that the devil has bought into her life. Maybe it's time for God to pay back. And I'm telling you, there's hell that some of us might be going through, but God is going to pay back whatever the devil's been doing, whatever he's done in our households, whatever he's done in our finances, whatever he's done in our health. God is going to turn it around. You got to believe that. You got to believe that God's going to work. Because listen, listen, you're going to have to start laughing. You're going to have to start laughing at what the devil is trying to do. And when you start laughing, the devil's going to start running. I'm telling you, God doesn't, God doesn't tell us what he doesn't practice. You know, in the book of James, it says, count it all joy when you encounter trials. What, Paul? Count it all joy. Get happy. When all hell is breaking loose against you. Amen. Get excited. Why? Because God's working you. And, 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 and it says that in James. But you know, I read, and you think God does the same thing? Yes. Have you ever read Psalms 2? You know, in Psalms 2, it talks about, you know, the heathen and the world is setting up their ways against God. Trying to work everything they can against God. And the Bible says in Psalms 2 that God sits in the heavens and cries. He sits in the heavens and complains. He sit, no, the Bible says in Psalms 2, God sits in the heavens and laughs. Because he knows their day is coming. What, I'm telling you, the day is coming. The day, of, of, uh, the day is coming for you to put your foot on the devil's neck. The day is coming. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? The devil won't be able to rule and reign over your life anymore. I'm telling you, the devil won't be able to steal from you any longer. Glory to God. The devil won't be able to put that sickness on you anymore. Because you're coming out of it. You're coming out of diabetes. You're coming out of high blood pressure. You're coming out of deficits. You're coming out of it. You're coming into a land of Milk and honey. You're coming in a land of more than enough. God is the God of El Shaddai. And you're coming into it. We're coming in. Exceed Life Church is coming in to our wealthy place. Glory to God. I'm telling you, I'm looking at millionaires in here today. You say, me, Pastor? You don't know my credit score. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to have a good credit score. I tell you, it's not who you know. It's, it's not what you know. It's who you know and do you know him. Because God can get you a God connection. And I'm telling you, somebody could, somebody could pay off your debt like that. Do you believe that today? God could change and rock your world in a New York second. Have you ever heard of Powerball? No, I'm kidding. But God... Whatever God wants to make your day, God can do it. Do you believe that today? Are you ready? Are you ready for God to anoint you with the joy of the Lord? Start praising God now. Start rejoicing. What does rejoice mean? It means that you are firing up the joy that's already in you. You're rejoicing. And we need to start rejoicing more. And when we rejoice more, we're going to see the glory of God. And every chain will be broken. Did you receive it today? 
Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you that you're so good to us. Father, I'm so thankful, Father, for this congregation. I'm so thankful for those that are watching online. And Father God, I know that your grace is in this place to set the captives free. And I thank you, Lord God. It is your great pleasure to prosper your children, Lord. And I thank you, Father God, that you desire to prosper each one of us, to bless each one of us. And Father, I know that there's people maybe here in the audience today or those that are watching online and they may not know who you are. They may not experience your love. And the Bible says today is a day of salvation. I'm offering you a, a ticket, a winning ticket to the lottery of heaven. And that winning ticket is receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior. And that is the greatest gift you can ever receive. So if that's you today and you know it's time for you to put Jesus first place, then I want you to pray this simple prayer with me and mean in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your joy today. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.